Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Jack. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Uh, that's great to hear. <laughs> I, I uh, really feel like right at home when we talk about misunderstanding of the mind. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love the name. It's quite strong and, and really sort of, I can't even remember where it came from. It just came to me one day and I thought that's such a perfect description for my life and for the way that, the way that my work is going as well. For all of us, really, because we all have misunderstandings of the mind. Even when we think we understand the mind, we keep running into difficulties, which shows our misunderstanding of the mind. Yep. Yeah, there's always more to, there's always more understanding to be had, right? I mean, that's definitely my, my experience of falling asleep and waking up, you know. Constantly. Yeah, it never ends. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. It never ends. Yeah. So today's subject is about um, bringing out the best in people, you know, and, and um, you know, I've got some questions, but, you know, I know um, even, you know, after I'd stopped, you know, the, the physical abuse of myself, you know, through drugs and alcohol and um, gone into the personal development world, it kind of looked like there was a, a real mountain to climb for me, you know, to get the best out of myself. And I was around all these people that had, all these ideas and concepts and um, and beliefs about how it should be done, and everyone had the new latest thing. You know, it was if it wasn't walking on hot coals or um, sitting and talking to your mum in another chair that wasn't there. You know, it's kind of like um, tr trying to get the best out of myself and and being part of you know jumping up and down, um, getting a trampoline, getting in a plunge pool at five a.m. I mean, the list of the list of things is endless that. <laughs> that um, people suggested, you know, to get the best out of yourself, you know, oh, have you tried that new EMDR thing? You know, it was kind of like, there was always a new therapy or a new personal development modality or NLP or, you know, whatever it was. I mean, the list was- How, how did the trampoline work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, that was a Tony Robbins thing, you know, about um, raising your energy, you know, getting into a peak state about, um, so you showed up to, so you would just be preparing for a meeting and you would jump up and down on this um, trampoline, you know, and you would show up like, oh, yes, I'm ready for this, you know, come on, in, in a real high energy state. You know? <laughs> It was, it was never sustainable though as you know you know it's kind of like that peak energy always comes with a with a low afterwards you know yeah i guess while you're jumping your your mind doesn't have time to be engaged in all of its problems and then yeah. and then as soon as as soon as you stop jumping they're all there for everybody to see yeah yeah absolutely i never even thought about it that way but like while you're focused on the physical task in hand you know you're not caught up in your thinking in the you know like your anxious thinking about what's going to happen yeah um 
So I'm going to just like, let's just jump in with a question, you know, and kind of see where they go. I mean, we're going to probably have to guess what, what was the meaning behind them some of the time, you know, because I've just made notes and stuff. And I think, I think the first two kind of fit together. So the first one was, how do we define the best? And the next one was, how do you know what the best is? And is there a limit or is it infinite? And something that, you know, or, and is that limit something that no one could ever know? And I think that's, for me, quite an interesting one because it's like, you know, like how do we know what the best is? I mean, is it possible to ever know that? Well, I can just tell you the way that I see it. Yep. Basically, the best to me means our spiritual essence, Mm. what we bring into the world. Anyway, it's it's always in us. It never goes away. It's a part of us. I call it peace, love, and wisdom. Uh, There's joy attached. You know, all this stuff that is a natural part of ourselves that is there and would be there for everyone to see except for the fact that we have thought. And we use thought inadvertently to cover up this best you know that we have inside of ourselves and and it's really quite humbling to me to know that this is what we are doing as human beings we are using our power of thought to create the illusion that we do not have this that we are not this and Yet, no matter how we use our thinking to cover it up, it doesn't ever take away from the fact that it's still there. You know, it's like if you have a beautiful sculpture and you put a veil over it, you know, the sculpture is still there. It's just that we can't see it. And and that's the same for our um, innate health, which is, to me, what the best is in people. Yeah. And yeah, it makes me wonder about all these kind of um, personal development things, you know, that people do, you know, like that are supposedly getting people to the next level, whatever the next level is, you know, or, you know, when it's kind of in this understanding, it looks more like an undoing, you know, than, than a doing, like an undoing of all those ideas of, or, or all the things that it looks like we need to do in order to get what looks like the best, whereas really it's kind of an undoing of that. Yeah, exactly. I see it the same way. It's like, if it's there already, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do to find it. We just have to get out of our own way and it's there automatically. Yeah. And and I think that sounds like, um, to someone who doesn't, under, I mean, maybe to me and you that kind of makes perfect sense and like and 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 almost looks like oh yeah that's all i have to do and and that kind of just happens you know in that process of knowing that that's true but for many people um they would just be like what are you talking about <laughs> you know it's kind of like yeah yeah um but uh, it, back in back in the old days i always used to ask people in my trainings uh where are you or what are you doing when you get your best ideas 
Mm. So people would say things like in the shower, taking a walk, doing the dishes, going for a run. Uh, you know, they, they would just list all these things where their minds were calmed down. Like that, that was the common denominator about all those things is their minds were calmed down. And out of that, out of that um, calmness, these, these great ideas, the best ideas would bubble up to people. And so whether anybody understands like um, the three principles of mind consciousness and thought or not, or whether anybody knows what we're talking about, about bringing out the best in people, or whether anybody knows or cares what people's spiritual essence is, I think all we have to do is look within ourselves and see when we're at our best. When we're at our best, our minds are calm. And when we're all riled up and everything, we're, we're not. Yeah. I, I like how simple you put it, you know, because it is really, it looks that simple to me now. Whereas all that stuff that I talked about, it kind of looked like um, overly complicated and like there were, there was so much to do, you know, whereas this just looks like, Oh, you know, it can't be that easy. Yeah. I mean, what could be more simple than when we're um, not happy, we're having unhappy thoughts. And that's the only reason we're not happy. <laughs> we're, we're having unhappy thoughts that we believe to be truth. You know, we believe them to be true. And so we start focusing more on what we believe to be true and we forget all about what really is true. Um, the only way we can have not be in peace of mind is when we're having thinking that is not peaceful. The only way we can not have thoughts, uh, not have a feeling of love is when we think thoughts of fear or ego or, or hate or, I mean, you know, or unhappiness or we think we can only take ourselves away from it. Yeah, that's a completely different direction to look in for, for most people who are on the journey of trying to get the best out of themselves that haven't come across this understanding, right? I mean, it's just completely, it's completely the opposite way because most people come from a place of, of lack or, you know, that they, they have stories about um, self-worth or different things, you know, that they need to overcome, you know, in order to be okay. And it's almost like once they get this thing, that looks like it's going to make them better then they'll then they'll be closer to this best that they want to get to but really again it's 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 looking in a completely different direction absolutely it, yeah. and it's kind of shocking i know it was to me it, it really blew my mind apart originally to think that everything i thought about where happiness came from where well-being came from, where peace of mind came from, was all the opposite of the way that I thought it was. I thought I had to get those things from the outside world. 
so that the outside world had to look a certain way. You know, I had to have the the right woman, or I had to, um, you know, be in the the right kind of job, or I had to have, you know, friends. You know, all those things are very helpful, but the fact is that none of that will produce happiness because it's all an inside job. The way I like to think about it is this, actually. There's, there's only three things going on at any given time. There's whatever's happening in the outside world. That's a fact. It's happening. And then there's what we make of it with our own thinking, like the meaning we make of it. That's what we get. We don't get anything directly from the outside world. We get with our own thinking the meaning we make of it. And that's what gets to us. And then underneath all of that is this spiritual essence I'm talking about where everything is, is pure. And in any given moment, those three things are happening. And which one do we really want to pay attention to and take to heart and let it be called our lives? You know, when you was just saying that, it came, it just made me think that, you know, it, we're talking about people or, or how we get the, bring the best out in people. But when I, um, when I think about that world that I came from and, and what it looks like, you know, everyone just wants to be a little bit happier. And it just kind of looks like they, that comes in a certain form, right? That they have to do, I mean, bringing the best out is usually like, I want to be the best because I want to be better in business and because when I'm better in business, I have more money and because when I have more money, I'll be happier. Or I want to be the best because I want to take care of my body better because when I lose weight, then I'll be happier. You know, or I want to be the best so I can have a relationship and then when I have a better relationship, then I'll be happier. You know, it all looks like it's kind of pointing in the same direction, but disguised in, in so many different forms. That's true. When the best is already in us. <laughs> Happiness is already in us. Yeah. Peace of mind is already in us. Love is already in us. Wisdom is already in us. And we're looking to the outside world to try to get things that are already in us. When all we really have to do is, as I said, get out of our own way. And what that really means is not taking our thinking that seriously and not taking other people's thinking personally. And when we, when we don't, it's like water off a duck's back, no matter what people say and do. And if we uh, do take things seriously and personally, we're going to lower our spirits. Yeah. I, the next quite I like the next question because it says, um, what's a good indicator on whether or not we're getting the best out of ourselves or others 
you know, in times when it's unclear? Our feeling. <laughs> and so, so if we are in a feeling of, of uh, love, uh, gratitude, compassion, humility, things in that realm. We just feel a sense of well-being. We know we are bringing the best out of ourselves. And if we feel fearful or angry or frustrated or bothered or worried or depressed or whatever it is, we are going in the opposite direction and bringing not the best out of ourselves. So the feeling is, is always a foolproof um, indicator of whether our best is coming out or not. Now, I'm not actually that good at catching it in the moment. Like, so I'll get caught up. But then afterwards, I'll realize, oh my goodness, you know, I was in a, I was really in an uncomfortable feeling there. I really couldn't trust my thinking then. That was not my best. Okay, regroup. Now I got it together again. <laughs> yeah, there's something about that for me that um, I know that like it's never a good time to um to act you know when i'm in that feeling state you know being angry or resentful about something um most like you said you know i get caught up in it but pretty quickly i know that like oh like what am i not seeing here you know i kind of look look inwardly for i don't sort of look at who who's done this to me or something like that you know i'm not looking in that direction anymore but um I also know that like that it'll pass, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, maybe now is not the time to do anything, but like, I know where my experience comes from and all I have to do is wait, you know, and things will be okay again. I think. I mean, how comforting is that? Mm. I mean, that's unbelievable. We're in a lousy feeling or we're being, we're angry and we're driven to like take care of something, you know, out of this anger. And if we get a new thought, wait a minute, I don't have to follow that. We're fine. Our thinking will change on its own eventually. That's why we don't have to do anything. It changes. I remember I was, um, I've said this before a few times, but I was working with a heroin addict one time. And she said the thing that helped her most was she realized that she didn't have to follow every thought that came into her head. So, if, you know, she got a thought, you know, I need to use. Before she would have followed it and ended up using because she would have taken it seriously, taken it to heart. But now she gets the thought. She realizes she doesn't have to follow it. And she can turn away from it. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, for me as well, that, 
something i mean it's been a prick it's not new i kind of but it's like i had a new experience with it where you know i don't have to act on this now and and something will become clear pretty soon about what to do because i don't know in this moment you know it's kind of like when i'm in that feeling state that it's like you know it's never a good idea for me to send emails or call somebody you know in that in from that place but also trusting that um, if I just, you know, like do my best to just carry on with life as I see it in the moment, that at some point soon the answer, I will know what to do. You know, like I don't, know, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to plan or check it or speak to someone about it. That something will just come to me. You know, I've, and I've had that experience a few times lately where I've completely forgotten about something that I was angry about because I knew it wasn't the right time to respond. And just out of the blue, out of nowhere, I just had that like insight where it was like, oh my God, I know what to do. You know, just that without even thinking about it. So to be helpful to, to other people who might be listening to this, mm. what do you think actually goes on when that happens? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. I don't actually know, you know. It's, I, I just trust that, it's, that it works that way, you know, and it's kind of like, and, and, it, and it has. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing that when I'm not caught up in my thinking about um, a situation and, and I'm not, um, you know, like trying to work it out and all caught up in my head and, and sort of creating my own, you know, like uncomfortable feelings that I, I get into a nicer feeling. I mean, it happened to me when I was with the kids and it makes sense, you know, because I'm having joy and fun with the kids. I'm present in the moment where playing we're at the cinema you know and, and messing about and they're eating and I'm, I'm watching them you know and, and then all of a sudden out of the blue an insight comes and it's like I think it's where Sid, Sid talks about you know being in a state of no thought you know no personal thinking about stuff that it just allows the space for insight to come through you know I mean I don't know why that thing that came to mind when I was in the cinema you know like what there was nothing that I saw on the screen that that reminded me of it you know but it was just weird how it just came oh my god i know what to do yeah. you know? because for whatever reasons the thinking that we're holding in our head about it stops yeah it just shuts down at some point that's going to happen and when that happens we're going to get thoughts from wisdom that pop up like a cork underwater you know because it's always wisdom is always trying to to uh, come up. Because that's that's our natural resilient state. That's the best of us. It's always going to try to come up. But you know, it's just like if you hold a beach ball underwater, and it's trying to come up, so our hands are holding it down. But if we let our hands go, the beach ball automatically pops up. So here. The only thing that's holding down our beach ball is our thinking. So that just lets go or stops or does something like that. And that's when you get that idea, that great idea that you got in the movie theater. Hmm. Yeah. And I, when I'm following that sort of inspired way of responding to life, you know, it's like I'm not, I'm not having to clean up my mess afterwards, you know, or anything like that, because it's just Takes kind of, time. Exactly. It's a much nicer, it's a much, I don't know. It's just a more, 
it's nicer and it's also kind of like it just feels right you know like when i i didn't have to doubt i knew what to do and i went away a couple of hours later and i did it exactly as it came to me and i didn't sit thinking have i done the right thing you know you know like that i wasn't caught up in it i just knew it felt really grounded you know the idea that it was kind of like you know of, of how to deal with a particular situation so it's it's a completely different way of you know responding to things for me and i and i guess that kind of ties in with this conversation about getting the best out of yourself you know it's like like you said yeah yeah it's it's a it kind of reminds me that there are really two aspects of this there's getting the best out of ourselves and there's getting the best out of other people around us so we've mostly focused so far on ourselves yeah um well we could go in the other direction too my next question actually crosses over and it says, do we need to be able to get the best out of ourselves first to be able to do it for others? And is it a requirement? <laughs> I love the question. Um, well, there's no question that it's helpful. Mm. But even if we're feeling down in the dumps, you, you know, you mentioned when you were, not doing well and you got on the trampoline something happened to your mind during that during that time now it's possible that instead of getting on the trampoline we could do nice things for other people even if we're not feeling good and that would end up making our mind relax and we would start feeling good no doubt mm. or with little doubt i should say you know, so, so even if we are not doing our best, it is possible to still be with others in a way that can bring more of their best out. But it definitely is helpful to be in our best in order to work with other people or be with other people. Yeah, I, I was kind of when you were speaking, I was reflecting on my own experience. And I think there's been times where I've been having a shitty day. I've been caught up in my feeling and I've got a client coming, you know, and it's kind of like, and I show up for the call and, and it's just kind of afterwards, it's, I'm just in a completely different space, you know, because I've yeah. just been present, you know, and I'm just listening and listening and listening. And it's kind of like somewhere in that process of getting out of my own personal thinking, and sort of really listening to someone else, you know, and just being present with someone else. Um, something happens, you know, and, I, and I'm no longer caught up in that, in that shitty day. You know, it's kind of like I've, I come away from the core of gratitude or, you know, with an insight into how life works for me or for someone else or some experience has happened where I'm sort of no longer in that place, you know. The key phrase that you used was getting out of my personal thinking. Hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're caught up, we're bummed out, we're, uh, things are not going well in our internal world, and we sit with someone, and we forget about ourselves, and we go into just really listening deeply to them, and all of our own thinking goes out the window, and we're because we're, we, we fall into a different state of presence with them. We can still help them help their best come out. Yeah. 
But it is in that moment, see, this is why the question itself was so good, because in that moment, when we do forget about ourselves, we drop into our best in that moment. As soon as we forget about ourselves, we're automatically in our best. And so that's what we're bringing to the other person. Yeah, and that highlights what, what you said earlier, doesn't it, about the fact that it's an undoing rather than a doing, that there's nowhere, you know, it's 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 getting getting away from our personal thinking, you know, that brings out the best in us, you know. It's kind of like that just provides us the opportunity to get out of that place, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Go on, sorry. I, I was thinking about a story that, you had mentioned you read Parenting from the Heart before. I yeah. think this story comes from Parenting from the Heart. But I remember when um, my son, who was a basketball player, um, he went to he went to college. He was a star in high school. So we went to college, and so he's with a whole bunch of other stars that are in high school. You know, and uh, he doesn't play at all the first year because his coach then played only seniors. Then the next year, some new coach came in and because the only people who had played the year before had now graduated, um, some of the kids who didn't get any playing time the first year now were thrust into the position of being in a, in a starting role, my son among them. Mm. And I could tell when I was watching him play, that he was not playing at his best. You know, he was like tentative. He was playing like scared or something. I come to find out that he, this new coach was screaming and yelling at, the, at his players, you know, trying to like implore them to play better, but they were so afraid of this guy that they couldn't play free and easy. And it's, it's like that was um, diminishing their best. Mm. Because when you play through fear, you can't do anything at your best. You know, whether it's uh, um, even speaking to people or um, dancing or singing or playing any kind of a sport. If you're playing through the thought of fear, you can't be at your best. So I, I know at one point, I, I just said to him, you know, his team like was losing game after game after game. And I said, look, look, Dave, what have you got to lose? You're already, you're already, um, you know, your team's already losing. The coach thinks you're, you know, all of you players are worthless. Just go out and play your game. So he forgot about what the coach was telling him at that point. And after that point, he started scoring 20 points a game. Hmm. And because that was in him already, but it was just kept down by the thought of what his coach was screaming at him all the time. Yeah, and and I'm sure there's so many examples of that, you know, in different sports, in different in different uh, 
arts, you know, and music and creative, you know, stuff and all sorts of ways where, you know, because it, I mean, it just makes perfect sense to me that when I show up to anything, interviews even, you know, come to mind, yeah. you know, or dates or anything, you know, like yeah. wherever people are going, you know, when they're all caught up in that fear of, you know, of whatever it is, you know, in the, in the present situation, you know, trying to rehearse, um, you know, the way that they show up, you know, rather than being spontaneous in the moment and just trusting that, that they'll show up at their best, you know, it's kind of like, it seems to always go wrong, right? Or it doesn't go, it doesn't work out well anyway, or as well as it could maybe, should I say? Yeah, exactly. Those are good examples. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be at your best on a date when, when uh, you're, you're seeing through fear. Yeah. Insecurity is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. You know, in that situation. Yeah. And the person you're with can tell. Yeah. So it's not going to go that well. Mm -hmm. Usually. <laughs> yeah. I I like the next question and I and I and I want to expand on it a little bit. And it says, are there special requirements to be a leader? And and you know, what is leadership? Now I know there's so many different um ideas about leadership and there's so many different people teaching leaderships in in their unique way you know and, and uh, you know across the coaching not necessarily about the principles but across the coaching world in general and and so on but it does seem to me that um you know that, that some people regardless of you know their understanding of the principles or how it have something about them that you know that I mean, maybe this is just me as well, but like there's some sort of leadership quality, unspoken sort of something that I couldn't describe in some people that's not in others, should I say? And, and, and yeah, well, yeah. You know, I think that that's true because people have tendencies, hmm. you know, but let's say you have leadership tendencies. You could end up a gang leader or you could end up the leader of a country I are you know being a leader of an organization in a good way so it's like they're only um i don't know what the word is proclivities or something like tendencies we all have certain tendencies we're we're good at some things and not others we're better at some things than we are at others that's natural but within what our tendencies are are we the best that we can be so let's say leadership george george pransky uh who's my second cousin has been around the principles you know for those people who don't know more than more than uh you know for a really 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 long time so he he was telling me that i was an underachiever and I, I actually didn't know whether to be insulted or whether to, um, uh, you know, take this as constructive criticism or, or whatever it was. But it, it turns out that what he was really saying to me was that he thought that I had a great deal of talent that I was not using to be a leader in this community. And then well, I remember one day I said to him, but George, I am a leader in this community, just not the kind of leader that you think that I, that you are and that you think I should be, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of guy. 
Um, my leadership is through uh, the way that I am. And he saw that the next day and he said, you know, you're right. I, uh, not everybody has to be a loud mouth like I am. And <laughs> so, so, you know, people see leadership in different ways and we all have our tendencies in different ways. Like I'm not the kind of a guy who's out there like rallying the troops, but I am like I was trained as a community organizer. So I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of guy, you know, helping other people do better at what, what they do. And, you know, that seems to be the role that I've fallen into in terms of leadership, but it's for other people to decide who's leaders. And in the principles, um, I don't think that, uh, we really ought to be leaders who want followers. Sid Banks never wanted followers. Hmm. As soon as we want followers, our ego gets in the, our ego's calling the shots. Yeah, I think my experience has been just that, that the, the people that have impacted me the most are the ones that have said to me, you don't need any more coaching. You don't need any more training. You know, it's kind of like, they're not trying to say, Hey, follow me. You know, I've got yeah. the answers and you don't, they're saying to me, you've got exactly what I've got, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, you just, you just maybe don't see it sometimes. And, and I think that that's people believing in me and seeing stuff in me that I didn't see in myself has been the biggest, you know, impacting experience that I've had. Now, Jason, right there, what you just said is so important for bringing out the best in people. Mm. We're bringing out the best in others. So they gave you confidence that you had whatever it takes. That's what bringing out the best in people is about. You know, being able to, to um, point people within themselves and seeing the, the beauty and talent that is there and allowing that to come forth. I mean, what, what better way to, to bring out someone's best than that? It's a beautiful thing. And, and it takes me, it made me think about the question earlier about do you need to be able to see something in yourself to be able to see it in others? Because um, what I notice on my own in my own experiences is the more that I've seen wisdom in my own life, the more I've seen it in others. And it's like, and I can then kind of like uh, point to that in people. Say, hey, how come how come you knew how to do that? You know, where where did that come from? You know, when I'm when I'm with somebody or how you know it's kind of like you seem to be showing up really differently. I see something, you know, like just being able to point that out in people that, that perhaps they don't see themselves, whereas where I didn't see it in myself and I was still kind of like a bit bitter and hunched over and sort of unhappy with the world. There was no chance I was going to bring out the best in anyone from that place. You know, when you asked, when you said what that question, initial question was again, I heard it in a different way the second time. Yeah. 
I heard you say this time, um, do you need to, to see it, see something in yourself in order to um, help other people with it? Mm. Now, that I would say, yes, yeah. that is true. Um, somebody is knocking on my door right now. I am going to ignore it because I don't know who it could possibly be, but, <laughs> and I don't want to interrupt this podcast. So, um, uh, and I also just lost my train of thought. We were saying about the question about bringing, bringing out the best. Oh in yeah. Ourselves. Okay. Right. So if we don't see the inside out world at work, you know, if, if we think that life happens from the outside in, how are we going to help people see from the inside out? Hmm. It's impossible. But if we see in a certain area, a certain area of our lives, even a little tiny bit, if we see that it's an inside job, whatever we see of that little tiny bit, we're going to be able to help other people with that little tiny bit. But as soon as we go into the intellect and go beyond ourselves in terms of what we know, it's going to fall flat. So that's the other answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah, if the overall direction we're pointing in is about, you know, seeing things from the inside out is really about, you know, the way to get the best out of people. Then if you haven't seen that yourself, then you've got no chance of pointing anyone else there, right? Because you're just yeah. pointing from a from an intellectual understanding rather than from a deeper seeing and knowing, I guess. Right. So um, there are places where we can see it better than in other places. Hmm. Like, like I have a blind spot in relationships. So, so where I see this play out in the rest of life very well, when it comes to relationships, my ego gets caught. I go into fear. And so can I help other people out? to have healthy relationships if I don't, if I still get caught myself? Well, oddly, I have. <laughs> and, um, and I think it's because of my overall understanding. And it's because I am able to sh sh show where I get caught. And so other people have somehow responded to that and have been able to see themselves through me. But I have to have a certain overall understanding in order to pull that off. It makes sense. Me too. I struggle with relationships. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who do. Yeah. Yeah, everything can go very wrong very quickly in my, my relationships. You know, I, even though I quickly now, you know, like see, well, no, I know 
I'm not looking in the direction of the other person for my experience, but it still doesn't mean I don't get caught up in it, you know, in the moment. But that's because we forget about the three principles at that time. Mm. And we are seeing quote unquote reality. Yeah. As soon as we see reality, we've had it. Yeah. I've got a few other questions. A couple of them okay. I definitely like to ask, you know, what, um, particularly about uh, a little bit about parenting, and a little bit about business, you know? Okay. Um, so how do we bring out the best in our children as a parent, nurturing them to grow into their true potential, but also, you know, like when we need to get them to do things that we need them to do, you know, it's kind of like a, a, as being a responsible parent. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's like, let's say that that coach that I described with my son mm. had given the kind of confidence that you said you got from the people who coached you in a different kind of coaching way. Yeah. Let's say that it happened. The best would have come out in him that way. So parents who um, approach their children with love, if they want to tell people to tell you know, have them do what they believe is right. Um, we want kids to be connected to their own wisdom in order to do things that are right. And in order to do that, they have to be in an environment of love. And it's very tricky because we can, we, we all say, well, most of us do, that we love our kids. But if we get frustrated about what they do, they are, the kids are not living in an environment of love anymore. They're living in an environment of frustration. If we get angry with what they're doing, they're living in an environment of anger. And they are going to run for cover. They're going to, the walls are going to come up. They're going to start to protect themselves and they're not going to hear anything that we say. So if we want to bring out the best in our kids, I, I would say there are three main things involved. So one is being sure that they are living in an environment of love in the moment that we are telling them anything in terms of what to do. Secondly, we want to listen to them very deeply. Putting ourselves totally aside in order to truly take them in, truly listen to what it is that is making them believe that that's the way to be or that's the way to behave or something like that. Until we get it, until we, get, we don't have to agree with it, until we get why they're doing what they're doing. And the third thing is guiding them toward their own wisdom. Hmm. So helping them see when their wisdom shows up and when it doesn't. And which part of themselves do they want to listen to at any given time. So 
do they want to list? Do they want to follow the, themselves when they're all thinking is all riled up, or do they want to th follow themselves when they're clear-headed, when they're calmed down, when they get thoughts from that realm? It's completely different from thoughts from the other realm. Which one do they want to listen to and follow? So I think it's a combination of those things that end up bringing out the best in our kids. Yeah. And, and I'm, as you're saying it, I'm kind of imagining scenarios with my, with my daughter, my older daughter, you know, and, and, um, and thinking, you know, it's kind of like if I didn't, you know, if, if I hadn't have seen this for myself, you know, it's kind of like there's no way I'd be able to show up that way, you know. And it's good for parents to apologize a lot. Like yeah. we can screw up a lot. And if we, if we can take a step back and see how we did that, apologizing goes a long way to get the mind, minds calmed down again to be able to get back on track. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, that's definitely a, something I do a lot with, with my daughter. Um, and just to try and um, normalize the humanness of being caught up in the moment, you know, and just say, oh, you know, like, really sorry about that. I just got caught out, you know, and, yeah, and the exactly. next thing we're laughing and joking again and it's gone. Yeah. And that's really helpful for them to see Yeah. that it passes. Yeah. Cool. The next one, the next one's uh, for about business, and um, it's a slight change of subject, but it's about are goals and deadlines useful for businesses to get the best out of their employees, or manage expectations, or do they limit staff to embracing their innate creative potential? I think the latter. Yeah. I mean, you know, do we want people to to function in business at an optimal level? Uh, out of fear or out of their own wisdom and well-being. I think the latter. And I think it's the same thing with coaching a kid in basketball, bringing out the best of our own kids in terms of helping them, you know, grow well and getting the best out of somebody in business. I think it's, you know, if there's a, if there's a deadline, Wisdom tells us when to what we have to do to meet the deadline. You know, and if we're and if we're caught up in a lot of fearful thinking about whether we're going to be able to meet the deadline, it's not helpful. It's just distracting from meeting the deadline. Hmm. You know, if I've dealt with a few uh, people in sales, and you know, there's a lot of pressure in this particular company, it was actually a bank, there was a lot of pressure on this person to, to um, he had a job where he had to um, get people interested in the bank in various ways. So he had to make a lot of phone calls and there was always pressure, pressure, pressure in having to produce certain numbers. Well, if he started thinking about that pressure and whether he was going to be able to come up with these numbers, he was not going to be doing what he needed to do out of his own wisdom to come up with the numbers. You know, so it's very, all that extra stuff is just distracting. Mm. And we can see it in anything that we do. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's like we said, I think before we started the call, you know, that it's like, it seems like there's so many different areas to look in, but they're all pointing to the same thing. You know, there's exactly. just one misunderstanding, you know? Yeah. They're all pointing within. Yeah. You're right. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's the paradox of this, of life. You know, it looks like the outside world is causing us the problems when it's really our own thinking about whatever's going on that's causing us the problems. Mm. Even the fact that we call something a problem is a thought. And I'd like to... Some people would see it as a challenge, for example. Yeah. (laughs) My... um... My last question, I'd like, I mean, I've got an answer to it, but I'd love to, someone, someone sent it to me, so I'd love to ask it just to get an answer for them. And it says, and, and you know, you'll have to pick the question out of it, because it's, what is it that overwhelmingly allows one person to connect with another in a way that they feel safe, trust, and feel inspired? To me, it's the feeling again. Mm. You know, if, if we have a feeling of love in our hearts, it's easy. It's easy to, to connect. Um, and when someone that we're with has a feeling of love in their hearts, we can tell that it's easy to connect to them. So that's what makes people come together. I mean, some people are just naturally... Um, I don't know what the word, they're naturally outgoing, you know, they, they find social situations to be very comfortable for them and other people do not. Mm. Both are totally okay. But what really attracts somebody to somebody else is the feeling that they have in their heart, whether they're outgoing or not. Mm. So to me, that's what counts. Cool. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, we're running out of time. You know, I've really, I've, I've um, loved the conversation. We've got through almost all the questions, and we've covered so many subjects. You know, and 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 like I like I said, you know, it's like that. Um, it starts off looking like there's so like there are different subjects, but the answer is the same to all of them, right? You know, it's yeah. the same misunderstanding, the same direction to look in, the same, um, you know, the fact that we you know, when we're caught up in our own thinking, you know, we're not able to sort of show up, you know, to, to see the best in others and to get, see the best in ourselves, you know, and, and when we get out of our own way, it's already innately there in ourselves and in everyone. Yes, it is. Good, good note to end on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I know I've dragged you out of retirement to do this for me, but is there, <laughs> is there anything you want to say about what you're up to these days? Or if anyone... well, you know, this is the, actually the last official podcast or, or webinar type thing that I am doing before I retire. <laughs> so it's yours. <laughs> oh, I'm truly honored. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure.